Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 99 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about the Schneider 2022 Paris Marathon. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got the Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners welcome to episode 99 one more to 100 we're ryan and letty we do our weekly podcast about all things running anything from training to nutrition advice we bring the experts to you and I guess, Ryan, today we're going to do the marathon recap of the Paris Marathon. So speaking of 99, what are we going to do for 100? Because I've been anticipating this 100th episode. That's kind of cool. We could bring on a life centipede, but then people wouldn't be able to hear it. And they just like crawl over the mic. <laughs> it's a lot of tapping, 100 feet. That's a lot of tapping. Yeah. I think you would probably figure something better. <laughs> we could do... 100 push-ups. People can't see that either. They can hear us breathe heavy. 100 fart legs. 100 farts, maybe. <laughs> Sorry. So... That, that would remind me of the original name of the podcast is... We Got the Runs. <laughs> I kind of like that name because it fits your personality, which our, viewer, our listeners might not know, but that fits Letty's personality very well. Why? Because I have the runs? No, just the, you say funny things. Like you say... Maybe awkward things. You, <laughs> you don't have as much of a filter for that stuff as some. Maybe it's N- funny though. It's in a funny way. Nice save. Nice yeah, save. This touchy subject, right? <laughs> it is. It is because I don't have the runs all the time. <laughs> but anyway, no, we renamed it. Remember, because we got better listenership when we had something that people could actually research. Nobody is gonna type in diarrhea in the podcast search and find us <laughs> people type in running run coaching marathon running and that's how we got uh to where we are today <laughs> wildly famous <laughs> wildly fa- i don't know about that but i i really did i like the original name just because it was original and it's something you came up with but I agree with you. It's not- I mean, unless you're Kim Kardashian, you really can't yeah, name true. a podcast like that. I don't know why I thought about Kim Kardashian. I don't either. <laughs> Maybe because she got a big butt and she might have the runs. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, enough talking about that. So why don't we do 100 reasons why we run? I think we should get people to input that too. Like people should input their opinions or give us, give us uh, reasons why they run. Yes, a hundred reasons why you run. So if you're listening to this and you haven't said hi to us yet, please do so. You can either send us a message on Instagram, we're running podcast, or you can join our Facebook group called Speed Striders. And we'll put a post up there and you can uh, let us know your reason to run there. 
So today we're going to talk about the Paris Marathon, which happened uh, almost a week ago. And which I didn't attend. You didn't attend and you didn't even come to Paris, which turned out a blessing. But let's tell people why you and the kids didn't come. So nobody thinks I abandoned you. <laughs> I mean, you, you got to take that as opportunities when you have them, right? So the reason Ryan Don't. stayed behind, the true reason, was we talked about you going. And then when we first, well, when I first booked Paris, we kind of thought that there would be a lot more regulations. We only have one vaccinated child because our little one is three years old. Yeah. And if you go back to January, it was a lot of different than now. You know, obviously restrictions have lightened up a bit since <clears throat> since the beginning of the year, which and the marathon just recently. But at the time we were didn't want to have to go through a lot of testing the kids. They're still young. And the quarantine. And quarantine or anything else that we had to deal with at the time. So like, we thought it would be just best if you went. Yeah, because you really can't do a two-week quarantine if you're only going for five days. Yeah. I was thinking about our older daughter, Liana, when I was going through Paris and how those moments of sitting, you know, in the trains and stuff, we don't have that here. It would have been a great lesson for her. But then there was a lot of walking. The weather, which we'll get into in a little bit, was very cold. And I'm not exaggerating. It was actually freezing temperatures. It was a little bit of snow. And so the walking in combination with the cold weather would have been, I think, a little bit too much, especially for our younger one. He'd be on my shoulders the whole time. Yes, you'd be you'd be getting a workout in, carrying him. So I did have a lot of guilt, though, leaving for a marathon and leaving everyone behind. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people probably feel that in some ways, if they, you know, really love an activity like running, and it takes away from time with loved ones. But you shouldn't feel guilty about it, because it's good to have time away. It's good to have separate interests in some ways too along with joined interests in your family dynamic or whatever um because then i think sometimes i always tell you this too but the heart grows fonder right if you spend time away then it's like you really are excited to come back and it's kind of neat too yes and your kids and family will appreciate you when you come home so you complained about the temperature <laughs> before you even left um if some of the listeners don't know, but Letty's temperature range of happiness is extremely narrow. It's 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 probably like 75 to like 90. That's really comfortable, but I can I can when I did the Berlin marathon it was in the 60s I was happy with the light. When you're running sweater. it's different, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your weather experience. So prior to leaving it looked like the weather in Paris was in the 70s. Yeah. And then when I started packing it, it looked like it was going to be a little bit chillier, 40s and 30s. So living in Florida in a hot house, which is, we have our temperature set to a nice 78 degrees. It's hard to even pack for that. It's hard to pack for that coming from Florida because even living in other places like California, not even five years ago, you don't ever need any warm clothes. So they kind of just either get old or you get rid of them and so you really don't have many warm clothes yes so then i packed light i i guess i'm you know an optimist i was hoping somehow the weather would turn warm 
I think that's more denialist than an optimist. <laughs> <laughs> I packed shorts and a crop top for my running gear. And I brought a backup tank top. And then luckily I packed a pair of capris for the runs that I was planning on doing prior to the marathon. Not the most comfortable ones, but just, you know, to have them. And then I packed some throwaway clothes and packed it all into a carry-on. And I really squeezed that together. <laughs> and that was that. So how long did you go for? So I left on Tuesday evening and I came back on Monday. So I guess six days. Yeah, so it's a pretty long trip. It's a very long trip, yeah. Okay, so you went with a bunch of people or you met a bunch of people there, not actually left with them, but you met a bunch of people there. So where are the people come from? So, well, I did travel with my friend and coach, Ron, who is a retired elite runner, and his wife, Tracy, she competed in the marathon. So they came and then a bunch of friends that I knew from back when we lived in L.A., so our old running group, and then some new people from our new running group, and then some other friends who had met at the Berlin Marathon last year. Total number? I don't know. I think we were like 15, 20 people. So a lot of places you guys kind of hang out together, or just some places you went to eat as a big crew? Yes, yes. I think we met up two or three times with a bunch of people to have, well, definitely the pasta dinner beforehand, and then um, another time in the beginning. The carb loading. Carb loading, that's right. Yeah, did you follow the dietitian advice that we've gotten recently? Uh, yeah, I did. I ate very bland food and I didn't have any stomach problems after the race, which I always have. I cut out vegetables and healthy stuff and I just kind of ate like a toddler. And when you're in France, there's so much bread and all that stuff anyway. That so it works out well. It worked out perfect for that. And so like you get to sightsee Paris a bit you had days before? Yes. I mean, I've been there a few times before. But, you know, somebody asked me that the other day and I wasn't sure. And I said, you know, she used to live in Germany, so I'm sure she's been to France. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if you'd been to Paris, but I was like, she probably had been to Paris. So how many times have you been to Paris? I think this was like my fourth time. I mean, the last time I went was a really long time ago, but it was after college, after I'd studied humanities. So it was interesting because I did all the museums and all the history stuff. So that is still kind of fresh. Did you notice any changes? Not really. I mean, it's not like Thailand when you go and all of a sudden there's more tourists more than tourists. ever. Yeah. Paris has been pretty popular. Yeah, I kind of felt the same. Yeah. So is there any memorable experiences in the days leading up to the marathon that are like fun related sightseeing? So I don't remember a specific one, but the whole experience was really cool to see old friends and re-meet with new ones from Berlin and going to the expo and seeing how expos run over there versus here. Um, I bet all your friends were excited at the same time too, right? Because they're all there to run and it's the anticipation before you do the race, right? So you got that in addition to a new country, a new place. It's kind of kind of seems like it'd be exciting. Yeah, it was very exciting. Would you recommend people that haven't done like a destination marathon to do one? I'm all for that because I believe that we want to make running part of our life forever. We don't want to just race all the time because that gets old. So I feel like it's cool to have a mixture of fast races and then destination races if you enjoy traveling because I feel like there's nothing better than seeing a city on foot the way 
that you can with those because they plan the marathon to go by really, really cool sites. And so to just see that and breathe the air and experience it and having people shout things to you in a language that you don't speak, even though you might try to speak it. <laughs> it's really cool. So that, that brings up a couple of things. Number one, I can relate to you with that because I lived in New York City for a while and I loved riding my bike around because it's like it's just a different experience. You get to see you get to hear, you get to smell, all the experiences around. And I would travel through parts of the city and stuff. And and it was it was one of my most fun ways to explore around just because you see so much and so many different things. The second thing it brings me to is like, so you are way more impressive than me with languages. Um, and German is your first language. Spanish is your second language. English is your third language. But you also can speak some minor French, right, and other things. So... You told me a couple of uh, French experiences. So do they match the stereotypes of people, you know, that people think about when they go to France? Oh, where they say the French people are rude? Some of that, yeah, or that they... I remember you gave me some experiences where some people were really friendly, but other people were like, oh, you're not saying it correct. Well, I mean, the whole French are rude is just, it's a cultural thing that I think you have to put yourself in the shoes of whoever lives in the other country. For instance, if you live in America and somebody comes up to you and just starts speaking in a language I don't under that you don't understand, then of course you're going to be ticked off a little bit because you're like, how do you just expect me to speak your language? The French have a lot of pride in their language. So you have to, I feel like, wherever you are, at least make an effort, at least say or try to say in the language, excuse me, do you speak English? Because a lot of people will, and some still just don't. And I think it's just rude to walk up there and not do that. So with that said, I don't think they're rude. I also feel like the American culture is a lot different with um, friendliness here, which some people from other places could call uh, shallow or superficial, which is also not true because it's just different ways of expressing friendliness. And you just have to make sure that you think like that, that you, you know, understand that different places act differently. So your primary interactions were more on the friendly side or, or pleasant side, at least. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> I tried to speak in French, which I took four years of French in high school in Germany, but then I moved to Ecuador. So a lot of the, the languages are very similar. So they replaced each other. So a lot of words came back and a lot didn't, but I really, really tried to speak in French even if they spoke English. And a lot of people were very receptive to that. And, you know, some weren't, but I mean, you know. And you had one funny experience because you tried to tell um, the waiter that your food was good, but instead you said... <laughs> so I was trying to tell him that my food is very good. And I said, I'm amazing. And he helped you. And he helped he was me nice out. Well, he was—he knew I was trying. So yeah. he was laughing and he was like, no, no, this is not how you say it. You're saying I'm wonderful, but you're trying to say your food is wonderful. And so, you know, as I went back to the languages again, you're on your third language, your primary language that you're talking to everyone today with. And you've kind of mentioned people in the past have said you may have a speech impediment or something, but they couldn't figure out your accent, which... In English. Theoretically should be German, right? And so, what were they... I remember you telling me the French people were like, you don't really have much of an accent, which you've done... I think you've done amazing with 
you know, having a normal English accent and not like a German accent. But the French people said, you don't have much of a French accent, but you don't know any words. So like, what's wrong with you? Right? Isn't that what you said? Yeah, they said, yeah, they said, where are you from? Because German is a very throaty language, just like French. So we use a lot of the same um, movement in our throats. So I can pronounce the words fine, but then they come probably out a lot slower. And there is a lack of vocabulary. So that was kind of funny. Yeah. So regardless, that's really impressive, you know. Oh, thanks, like, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> what is your thoughts on the food? I like the food. Not as much as German food or Italian food. How do you even like German food, though? You're like a vegetarian and German food's like meat. Well, I guess when I say German food, I think about our chocolate and baked goods. But I mean, I guess it's one of those, whatever you grow up with, I'm always going to think that our chocolate is the best, even though I do have a new favorite beer that is French. 1664 Blanc. Um, it's as it's better than Hogarden. It's, it's better than Blue Moon. So when I think of France, too, I think of desserts, croissants, pastries, things like that. Is that true? Yes. I mean, I haven't been to France, so. No, it really is. I bought a croissant. I'm used to the Target croissant that we, well, we don't even buy them, but that you get every once in a while. And I was hungry. I went by a bakery store and I bit in it. And I was, oh my gosh, it was so good, Ryan. <laughs> it's just all fresh. And I noticed that about Germany. I mean, that's Europe. Is that Europe? In yeah. General? Yeah. In general, the bakery, baked goods are always fresh. They bake them on site. They don't ship them. And you never buy, ah, you never buy bread in plastic bags. It was so much. Yeah, the bread was really good in Germany because it felt, it tasted fresh all the time. Which, So, anything else? You're always a big fan of going to expos, the excitement, everything else, right? So, did, did you like or the experience of the expo in, in France, Paris? Yes. I feel like expos are awesome. The bigger, the better, because they really get you into the feel of you're going to run a marathon. So, I don't even need to necessarily buy something. I just go there to soak up the energy. And that was definitely there. There was a ton of stands. Um, what was really cool that I normally am not a big fan of, there's a section where you walk through aisles and there's different vendors from different marathons giving you pamphlets about their marathon. And so because all those marathons were European, Lisbon and Venice and the uh, Murdoch Marathon where there's wine tasting on the course. It was really cool to see that. That's cool. Yeah. So that was your favorite part is seeing all the other marathons? That and sampling and, you know, just the energy in general. Okay. So anything else before the race? I mean, we met up for a carbo load dinner and... Um, I was kind of running through the streets of Paris the day before trying to buy more throwaway clothes, which is when I really realized that I missed a store like Target. Because, <laughs> you know, it's different buying clothes over uh, where I was in the heart of Paris. There's no big superstore where you can just get a $10 sweater that you can just simply throw away. There's a lot of boutiques. And so you really got to think, do I buy this 99 euro sweater, which is $112 to throw away the next day and I opted not to. I wore a bag instead. It's probably good they don't have a target in the center of Paris because it probably would kind of take away from some of the character. <laughs> It'd be bigger than the Louvre Museum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to summarize, people should do a destination marathon. They should enjoy it, not feel guilty about it, not try to run your fastest. Just enjoy the whole experience because it could be a lot of fun. 
I mean, you can still try to run your fastest. The conditions were actually not that bad for it. Yeah. Um, research race, research the elevation of the course and see if it's realistic. Or if not, I mean, you know, some races should just be enjoyed. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you, you had a difficulty with jet lag. Yes, I was up until three o'clock in the morning for three days. And then the day before the marathon, I slept for seven hours, which, you know, is a lot for me. Yeah. So that was kind of nice. I almost didn't wake up. But did up. you feel rested? Because it usually probably takes me like a couple of days of good sleep to feel rested. Like the first day, you still kind of don't feel great. But. I mean, I don't really have that effect. I just wish I could yeah, So you felt sleep. okay. Yeah, I felt okay the whole time. Right. So then race recap. So race recap. Um, you, you and I had a bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That went bad. Yeah, that went bad. So I we I don't even know what we bet. I forget. I think I think it's like I who was higher? Was my my mine was lower, right? Yeah, said, you said two three fifteen or sub three fifteen. And you said sub three twenty. And, and my you time run? was <laughs> <laughs> it was three twenty one oh one. So we don't have to neither of us have to fulfill our obligation because we both lost. That's right. So um yeah. I mean I honestly was expecting to run a sub 320 but i don't know what happened i don't want to blame it on elevation i don't want to blame it on the weather it was just that starting mile 17 i was mentally really strong the strongest i've ever felt through a marathon and i was trying to move my body but my body just wouldn't move any faster i felt like i was sprinting and i felt great but i kept on looking at my watch and i was thinking this watch must be wrong <laughs> but I'm it wasn't so you crossed the finish line you're like I got, nope it's not wrong no, i seriously got close to the finish line and i'm like this something's wrong with this watch <laughs> it's gonna be tough too like i mean not to belabor the topic but um like you're only a minute off when you like <laughs> you're like from like your 320 that you wanted to do you're only a minute off like after three hours and 20 minutes but it makes you realize how quickly those minutes for per mile add up if i had a little bit of a slower pace after mile 16 17 how quick does this add up to accumulate to that minute yeah even that's accentuated even by like um Kachobi like running two hour marathon but one you know if you trying to get like a 201 marathon versus a two hour marathon you know it's like it's only a minute difference but that's a lot when you're already running fast yeah and and now i remember what we talked about prior to the race because this race was the first time that I, where I didn't go out harder and die off more. So normally what I do is every coach always tells you, you have to have, or you should have negative splits, go out slower and then finish faster. That's really hard to do. But normally what I do is I go out a lot faster and then I die off. I don't know if there's, I, I mean, I think the, the, the best would theoretically be to run at the pace where you're consistent the whole time but dead at the end which is nearly impossible to do because if you start if you start slow and then speed up you may have missed opportunities where you were running slow and if you start too fast and can't maintain then you're missing opportunities when you can't maintain i mean i remember we talked about this before but i've <laughs> running track and stuff when i was younger it's like it's interesting because even if you start off fast and you kind of feel like you're dead at the end versus if you started slow and then felt strong at the end, 
the times were not that much different. And that's exactly my point. I didn't feel dead at the end. And the next day, I don't have a single ounce of soreness. So you probably could have ran faster. I could have started out a little bit faster, but I was just trying to see how it is not to. Because even when I run faster and I die off, I'm never, you know, to the point where I'm throwing up. You know, our brain, our central governor that tells us when to be tired. And so I feel like I could have gone out faster and maybe gotten my sub 320 and I still would have died off anyway. I mean, I feel like when you're running a marathon, it's really hard to negative split. And then if you do negative split, you're always going to wonder, did I leave something? Did I leave it all out there? So did you run with anyone? Yes, I ran with Colin, who I also run Berlin with. So I'd met him on a Facebook group, through a Facebook group in Berlin before we started the race. And that race, he hadn't trained as much. And I left him around the same mileage as he left me this time. So this time he trained and he, he got the 318. <laughs> last time you got the 318? Yes. What did he run last time? I think he ran something in the lower 320s. But again, he didn't train, so. Yeah. So we had decided to go out at a 7.30 pace and then whoever feels tired is going to be left behind by the other one because he, he needs a 3.25 to qualify for Boston and he wanted to leave himself some wiggle room and, and he did. So congratulations, Colin, if you're listening. That's cool. Um, so during the race, any, any particular memorable experiences? Just the sights were beautiful. There was a lot of people cheering. A lot of people were yelling, go girl, a girl. Well, that's that's interesting, yeah. Because what, what number were you out of females? Uh, I was uh, two fifty two female, and overall male and female four thousand five hundred ninety three. Yeah, I don't know. Is it pretty equal percentage of females to males? I mean, it usually is. Yeah. So. And there was sixty five thousand runners. I think it was huge. Yeah. So that that definitely puts you in a, you know gender description when you're when you're running like the people around you are going to be mostly males right yes and uh and i figured out you know my my french words again go girl is allez la fille and so, so you heard that a lot i heard that a lot yeah did you cheer back or did you say anything back in french no i'm i wasn't smart enough for that <laughs> i was tired it's hard to like think while you're running and stuff too and what do you say merci yeah yeah what else anything any other memorable I mean, cool sights, and uh, you know how it is once you're cold. I mean, I was running. Uh, I had throwaway clothes. I threw my clothes away, started, and I was wearing a tank top and some pull-up sleeves that during the run, I was actually really comfortable, so I pulled them down. So I was wearing my uh, uncomfortable running capris with a tank top, pulled down sleeves, and as soon as you cross that finish line, I want to say within two to five minutes it gets really cold, cold. Yeah. and they only give you you know one of those plastic ponchos they gave me a finisher shirt and everybody else of course too i was gonna wear it afterwards <laughs> you're the only one that got one <laughs> <laughs> and i put that on even though i knew it was gonna get sweaty and i wouldn't be able to wear it later but i just had to layer up because i was literally shivering my jaws going crazy did you get pulled into the the what is it the health tent no not this time <laughs> No, but I had to go take a COVID test because... Right after? Yes, because I had to get it within 24 hours of leaving. I was leaving the next day. 
I had struggled finding a pharmacy that did them on Sundays because a lot of places in Europe closed for Sunday. So we found one. I went with Colin. He was flying out the next day as well. And guess what? You've got COVID. <laughs> no, we didn't. Thank God. No. But we both had the COVID test taken, left, each went home to our hotels just to realize that the guy had put the incorrect birth date for both of us. Oh, yeah. yeah. You had to go all the way back. All the way back. But we tried to make uh, lemons out of... No, wait. Tried to make lemonade out of lemons and just found a bar close to there. He made lemons out of lemonade for you. And then you switched it around and made lemonade out of his lemons. Oh, you're talking about the pharmacist? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being tricky. Go he was on. making a lemon mor- meringue or whatever that thing is. A lemon meringue pie? Meringue is how you say it in, in English. In English. How is it supposed to be said? I don't know. Meringue? I don't know. I don't either. But anyway, so yeah, we found a bar where I found my newfound love for that beer. I kind of want to try the beer in the States now to see if it's really as good as I remember it because it might have just been that I hadn't eaten anything and I had yeah. like two of them. <laughs> <laughs> After the recommendation earlier in the podcast. Yeah. So I met with... You're you know, Colin, because year. he had to get his uh, test switched. And we also met with a guy named Frederick from, uh, he's Norwegian, but he lives in Belgium. And that was really cool. Uh, jumped them in with the Speed Strider Club because I said, if you get a PR, you earn that shirt. And they both did. He ran a 314 that he was been chasing. So that was cool. And uh, So know. if anyone wants to to watch some of the race that you ran you posted it to speed striders oh yeah i did shoot a little video i was wearing the insta 360 go-to camera that i always wear on my little visor not sponsored i wish if you're gonna say the <laughs> name you should at least ask for sponsorship or something no but people always I should ask. send you a free camera for that you paid for you had to pay for it right yes of course I, we're not we're not that <laughs> we're not that famous right <laughs> But yeah, so I wore that little camera on my hat and was able to take really cool picture, uh, footage and put it together into like a two-minute race recap because, you know, anything longer is kind of boring. So yeah, that's posted in the Speed Striders and on our Instagram account. So after the race, you had the best beer of your life. Did you have any good food? Yes, I had a burger and fries, but it was a veggie burger but it was a french veggie burger so a little bit different than here really what kind of like was it a bean burger like the old school type no it was just a bunch of veggies that were pushed together in like a croquette i don't know what to call it it's like into a patty into a patty (laughs) and uh it was really good i mean i think anything would have been good and then had some french fries with mayonnaise and ketchup Ah. delicious yeah yeah, so then that was that. Um, then I stumbled home after my three beers <laughs> because I never drink. And you had three beers? I had three beers. Wow, that's a lot for you. Yeah. So, so you did, though. You were drunk. I wasn't drunk. I was very talkative. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And um, yeah, then I walked back to the hotel and packed and then talked to Ron and Tracy about their race and tried to get some sleep before heading out. Blacked at, out. Huh? Blacked out. I didn't black out after three beers. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the next day I flew out early. And that's the race recap. And that's that, yeah. The medal was, uh, you know, the Paris medal seems to be always a subject for controversy. Oh, really? Yeah, they always have, they hire different designers 
for the medal. So this time it was a lady who had put in a lot of thought in making one side smooth and the other one not so smooth. Um, you know, it's an analogy with life. Sometimes life is smooth. Sometimes your marathon training is goes smoothly and then sometimes not. And, and then it has the Arc de Triomphe on, on it too. And, uh, the date. I mean, I like it. I like getting different medals. Seems like it was pretty well thought out. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And I kind of like the more simplistic look too. I don't really like that everything is getting glittery and bigger. I don't think that's necessarily pretty. So would you do it again, the marathon? The Paris marathon? Yeah. Yeah, I would run it again. But there's also a lot of other marathons. So I wouldn't necessarily do it again right away. But Berlin is my favorite race and I don't necessarily feel compelled to run it every year just because I liked it so much. So Berlin's your favorite race. So we'll give that a 10. Where does Paris fall out of one and 10? I mean, it's up there. I mean, probably Give it a number. nine and a half. Nine and a half. Yeah, I just really like the whole all-around experience with it. It's not that particularly I like this race. I like the travel part. I like the fact that there's friends. You know, if I were to go on a, I guess, even colder day all by myself, untrained, it might be a completely different experience. So I think it all plays into mindset and how, you know, how that goes. Do you have a one marathon for comparison? Like rated one? Yeah. Like lowest rated. Just to give like a comparison range or other things. Because a 10 and a 9.5 is a pretty... Is, they're both up there in the top, top, top. You know what? Honestly, I don't. Because so I what's thinking, your lowest rated marathon then? Um, I mean, I don't really think I have one. I think I would rate all of them between 9 and 10. Every single marathon between 9 and 10. Yeah, even the one that was a okay. virtual marathon because it's just I wouldn't I wouldn't <laughs> go back and change the experience as crappy as it was. So I guess I was trying to give people an idea of like which ones you like better and worse, but if they're all nine and ten and basically marathons <laughs> like Paris marathons like a one and Berlin's like a ten. I I mean I guess, but I mean I guess if even if they're unorganized and virtual, if I'm doing it, I'm still gonna have a good time. So if you were to rescale everything to be more reasonable, <laughs> so say as long as you liked it, it was a five, and then from five to ten, that way you give some type of scale. Berlin is your favorite, right? So far your favorite. So give that one a ten for now. Then where would Paris fall? I mean, I guess... Due to the weather component and it not being my ideal racing weather, because I prefer weather in the 60s, 70s. Yeah, that's all factors. Then I guess it could make it your five, because I'd much rather run it when it's hot. But I don't know. It's a really tough question. <laughs> I think I'm going to give all of them 10. <laughs> okay. I really like running, so it's really hard <laughs> to give it. A I guess when you ask me that question, I have to... To ask you, are you asking me for a perspective of, is this a fast course? Or I mean, I guess it's no. what you want from it. Just because your opinion. I just it. want a good life experience. So if that means my race was a little bit slower or faster, it doesn't really matter to me because I have this awesome experience that I would never change. And that's fine. I mean, I, I, sometimes it's hard to. I just was saying like, you know, it, it, in your experience, I mean, how many marathons have you run now? Like almost 40 or something? Yeah. But so... You've seen a lot of marathons, so generally you could probably scale them as like, these I like more, these I like less. I mean, I know it's hard, you don't want to give any of them like a one if you've enjoyed them all, but 
it also is somewhat helpful to give people that maybe have not ran as many marathons things to, you know, look for and, and ones that might be more enjoyable than others. At least, obviously, it's an opinion, but. Yeah. So I mean, I think I everybody should, I think everybody should look at, ask themselves, what is your reason for running this marathon? If it's for enjoyment, for meeting people, for soaking in the city, or if it's for running a fast course, and then kind of going, going with that. If you want to run fast and you find a fast marathon, if you want to enjoy a city, find a cool city. So I'm not going to get a scale out of you, am I? No, <laughs> they're all tens in my book. <laughs> all right. So much for that. <laughs> I just like traveling and I like exotic places and trying something new. And so I feel like, you know, next year, hopefully we'll be traveling to Stockholm in Sweden. And there is a marathon in June and I would love to run that. And then that'll probably be my next favorite marathon because I'm going to love the experience of you going back to the country that you're originally from. And I'm not, well, my, my heritage, like two generations beyond and I'm, I'm not from sweden well you're myself. you're a lundquist so yeah. that's our last name so seeing i guess my family there is so th yeah there is some of my i guess remote family members that are still there which is uh, my aunt's been really cool about searching and finding out so it would be really cool to go there and and see some ancestors but yeah and run a marathon while you're there explore stockholm by feet by foot maybe you'll run that one Maybe. We'll keep you guys posted. So that's it for our race recap. I hope it wasn't too long. Um, but. Sorry, you'll cut out some stuff. Like this right now. <laughs> <laughs> If anyone wants to tell us about their reasons to run, it would be helpful because forming a list of 100 reasons to run is difficult without other people putting in their opinions too. That's right. And that's for next week for our episode 100. So until then, good luck in Boston, everyone, and happy marathoning. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running. <laughs>